0: Yo, what is going on, baby? Welcome back to another new money movement. Got some stories, some thangs, got some things for y'all. So uh, thank you guys so much for coming back and listening. You know, it, give me some feedback. I would love to hear how you guys are liking this format and the stories and you know, if there's a particular story you want me to cover and you see something and you're like, man, you should talk about that next week. I would love uh, for you guys to to send those through to me because I'm always looking for new content, uh, but we got some new juicy stuff. So firstly, I saw this on the Hustle, and it's just sort of talking about TurboTax. So it was like Tax Day in the States. Uh, I think it was yesterday, the day before, and apparently, you know, Americans spend over $240 filing taxes, and you know, into a TurboTax. Uh, I've worked with Intuit in the past. They're the king, and they hold over at, just around three quarters of market share as of uh, 2021. And so, they basically lobby the government more or less to make taxes a little bit more complicated so they can stay in business and things like that TurboTax got sued by the ftc accusing it of deceptive ads for free tax filing you know it basically just says like free this whatever and then there's just a ton of add-ons and it's just basically like screwing the consumer uh and so their free option is only available for some taxpayers and it's just super like you know misleading and uh people end up paying like 60 to 119 dollars you know i actually helped you know a friend of mine do you know it was just kind of like uh showing them around with TurboTax, and and man every five seconds they're trying to get you like they're upselling you to like some bullshit well simple you know not to plug them or anything but you know they they weren't they were really they were actually clean and like you could go through the return and it's fine and they're not trying to like smash it in your face every five seconds like TurboTax. TurboTax is just like yeah, it's not not great. I, I I do like Intuit products. I use QuickBooks. I use Mint. I love uh, the products. I think they're best in class. But like, man, like TurboTax is just a whole different whole different ball game. And so yeah, you you know you got politicians like Elizabeth Warren and Katie Porter and all these people basically saying they're scamming taxpayers into paying by you know fucking up the system of of what it is and misleading advertising and whatever so they're obviously going to fight this saying it's not credible uh, and campaigns have led to awareness around fee filing and you know there's a lot of things here essentially what why this matters to you is tax filing taxes in general Uh, you know i saw this thing earlier today where it was just saying hey you know if the government knows how much money we make then why don't they just file our taxes for us bro like, I don't know about you guys, I want to say in how much I'm paying the government. I want to review that. I want to have a professional, like a CPA, look over that and make sure my taxes are optimized so that I'm paying as little as possible. I'm trying to optimize my taxes. And if I have a el- eligible deduction or something like that, I want to put that forward and make a case for it to the government and say, according to your rules, I don't have to pay. And and that's sort of how I think it should work, especially in a democracy, in a, in a sort of free country like Canada or the or the US and whatever, that's that's what we're all about. And and basically we have a say in how much we're giving the government, so to speak. And we get to say, hey, this is the this was what you guys have. Let me reconcile with that with some stuff you might not have. And and let me let me make a case for the lowest tax bill possible. And then you know if you guys have a disagreement about that, we we kind of go back and forth and whatever and we we figure it out. But for, you know, governments to unilaterally say, this is what you owe us and we've already filed your taxes. People like that, that would just fundamentally violate a lot of people's, you know, feeling of rights. And, you know, it, it's just so funny how like, it's like, why doesn't the government just do it for? It's like, bro, you probably don't want that. Think about what that actually means. And, you know, I do think it should be free. There should be more free softwares. And it is unfortunate that there are massive companies that make people pay for something that everybody, like basically take people hostage for taxes right that you know call it what it is everybody has to file their taxes or they should be and so they're kind of getting you know screwed because they they don't have the expertise to know any better and 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 they basically sell them fear like you don't want to fuck up your return you don't want to miss out on money and they, they use a lot of those tactics when they upsell uh so that's unfortunate but like guys like Yes, the government has some idea of what you owe, but you have to fill in the blanks for them and you have to make as good of a case as you can uh, so that you get, you know, a favorable return or you maybe get some money back. Like even the government doesn't have the manpower and the money to, you know, sort of keep tabs on every single person, you know, to the dime of what everybody owes. It's just not feasible. Like, think about that. Right. It seems obvious, but I I see so many videos being like, why doesn't it just... It's like bro, it's just it's just deeper than that. I saw this other thing, apparently CNN Plus is a thing and now it's totally not. Basically, I, th- I saw this on Axios, they were <laughs> bro, they were going to drop a billion on this. CNN is so irrelevant. Like I I from what I've seen in the ratings and whatever, like like not many people watch CNN. A lot of people watch Fox News, and this is just sort of like an interesting thing to see, you know, how <laughs> how caught up some of these companies and these people are to get into like streaming and these upsell services and i listened to this podcast called uh, my first million and, and they're talking about like cnn itself is shit and so like if you if you put like a like a what was it if you put like a bow on shit it, it's not like something new it's just it's just shit with a bow on it right and that's basically what cnn plus was uh and so they're probably going to scrap that and 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 you know walk away with their tail between their legs but everybody's trying to get into this like streaming or this like you know subscription model or like SaaS or whatever the hell model of of doing things and it's just way way harder than it looks next story facebook spent more than 15.2 million dollars in 2021 for expenses related to protecting mark zuckerberg at his homes during personal travel apparently uh, according to this regulatory filing and that doesn't include an additional 10 million as a pre-tax allowance for his family security as well as 1.6 million for use of a private aircraft for personal travel he's a ceo i understand that i think that's substantially more than most ceos get and um i mean it's mark zuckerberg and i think the sort of justification was that like there's a very large negative sentiment around facebook and he is the focal point of facebook so there's a lot of people that probably have some choice words for this guy, to put it very, very, very lightly. He's a he's a very hated person. So this doesn't really surprise me all that much, but it is interesting. You know, I think his salary is like $1 or something like that. He has like a $3 billion line of credit. So I mean, billionaires just move differently. And it just looks like he's really getting a lot of benefit from that. And, and he's able to sort of leverage that risk, you know, lavishly, it seems. But who knows? Maybe it's really that deep and maybe there have been a lot of scares that have happened to him that just have never been made public because he's Mark Zuckerberg and, you know, he can kind of control what gets out more or less. In some ways, not because there's been some leaks and things like that. But with personal stuff, like I'm sure in his life, there has been some shit that's been like crazy, crazy, crazy that'll never get out. And so... That's what they can't really disclose in here, I suppose. And, and so people see this number, they get mad at, like, what are you getting mad at? Like, this guy's a billionaire. There's thousands and thousands and thousands of people that want to do very harmful things to him. Yeah, I'm not saying it's like, I really don't know if that's a an ex- excessive number or if that's like a reasonable number given his stature or whatever, but it is crazy that it, that's how much it costs to keep him safe, for sure. So last week we talked about the avian flu, chicken stuff, Twenty-seven, like I think it was, multiple states are having this sort of like chicken flu. Basically, all these birds are are, are flued up, and you kind of, it, it's it's destroying it's destroying a lot of you know livestock, chickens. I didn't even think of this when we were talking about when I was talking about it, but like eggs are gonna be really affected by that, and it is absolutely coming through. So the price has soared in recent weeks. It was already getting brutal. Like man, I get my large eggs. Not everybody eats eggs these days, but. I still do, and it's just been brutal. Like I used to get my large eggs; it used to be two bucks. I remember it was two bucks for years and years and years, and now it's like three fifty, four bucks, and now it's going to be even worse. And so I, I think it's like infected twenty-seven million chickens and turkeys in the U.S., forcing many farmers to depopulate and destroy their animals to prevent a further spread, which is awful. Uh, and just from it's just tough to see that, like, from a from a humanity, like it's just. That just sucks. The virus has impacted many different bird species, including penguins, bald eagles, whatever. I don't know if this could even affect humans at all, but I think it's just eight. Like, it's just for birds. But on Friday, the U.S. Department of Agriculture announced yet another outbreak. This is one of two flocks in Idaho, making that the 27th state the virus has been found in according to the usda the price of a dozen eggs in november this is us was around a dollar now it's around 295 so yeah it's gonna in canada it's probably gonna be like 354 like it's probably gonna be brutal i mean we might i actually don't know how much eggs are produced domestically for canada this has to fucking screw with us it always does it always comes up to something happens to us there is somewhat interconnected way that we get screwed by this and it'll probably spread to canada in some way shape or form so just another thing like i you know that's that's going to cause prices to increase so it's just thing after thing after thing uh, same story I, I you know i almost don't even want to cover these inflation stories anymore because they're just so like it's just fuck. when are we going to get pa- when are we going to get past this shit when are we going to get past it honestly So in stock market news, investors are trying to keep a step ahead of inflation. This is from the Wall Street Journal. Customers will accept, you know, basically companies where people are paying whatever. The demand is inelastic, like they just they're just paying whatever, whenever, happily accept price increases. Demand is staying strong. We've talked about it. There's a lot of companies that are raising prices and their demand is not only staying the same, but it might even increase. I guess it would dampen from what it otherwise would have been, but it's still steady. And so it makes sense economically to increase the price because if you think about supply and demand, as you increase the price, basic economics would say that the demand should fall, but it hasn't. It's just stayed the same. So it's, you know, that, and that's more inelastic. And so, yeah that it's it's that those are the stocks that are smashing right now and and wall street is is definitely taking note on that buying things like airlines and hotel companies cruise operators betting that consumers stuck at home during multiple surges of you know covid will be willing to pay steep fares high rates to get back on the road that's 100 percent correct i'm gonna travel quite a bit this year assuming that there isn't another crazy variant that comes and does what omicron did for a very brief time whatever Let's really 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 hope that doesn't happen but if it does no, like we're not even gonna talk about that. I'm gonna travel a lot. I'm paying whatever it takes. <laughs> like, like, I am this article, like, and I'm not a huge travel guy. Like I'm, I'm not, like I, I really haven't traveled much at all in my life, but because of all of this and because of like some things that have come up, I'm like, man, I'm going, I'm traveling multiple times this year. I'm paying whatever it takes, like I don't give a shit. And, and and that's whatever, that's the mindset of everybody. And companies know that they're smart. And Wall Street knows that. And that's why, you know, some of those companies are starting to see their day. A lot of, you know, the hospitality industry, travel, whatever, are starting to get, you know, recover and claw back some gains. They got fucking clobbered since the pandemic, right? Obviously, because nobody was was running around and shit. You know, Airbnb, I'm sure is going to do really well and, and not to speculate on stocks in particular, but Many investors are saying they in- expect bond prices as well to continue uh, to fall this year. And some contend it won't be clear that the Federal Reserve's message about the need for an interest rate increase is getting through until stock prices suffer more serious declines. So, you know, from what I've read, it looks like the Fed is playing chicken with Wall Street and and they're basically trying to see some sort of pullback as they increase rates and the market's been really, really resilient, and I don't really know. That's that's probably not the only driver to it, but like, yeah, they, they definitely want to slow shit down and calm things down, and it's, it's interesting to see how that's going to play out. If you guys are looking for a new credit card that's awesome and gives you great cash back, you're looking for a fantastic savings account that'll give you a good yield, a good return on your money for, I mean, not going to give you 10%, but it'll give you something, then you guys need to check out Neo Financial. They are a proud sponsor of the show uh, and they've supported your boy for some time. And so uh, I would love for you guys to check out some of the products. They are, in my opinion, one of the best things in fintech in Canada right now, uh, especially for young Canadians. Uh, So, you know, and who knows, maybe Americans soon, but uh, right now Canadians. So if you guys are interested at all in getting a better credit card, better savings account, better uh, wanna build a credit with their credit builder, check out the link in the description. I'm telling y'all, you will not regret it. So everybody's complaining about the chip shortage with cars, apparently for EVs, there's a new sort of emerging threat or shortage that's gonna screw us for the next few years, just another thing that's gonna happen. And apparently it's batteries. So 80% of the cost of a lithium ion battery comes from raw materials, including lithium, obviously, um, cobalt and nickel. But as companies scramble to snag these supplies, prices have skyrocketed. The price of lithium alone has gone up 480% in the last year, according to Benchmark Mineral Intelligence. So Elon Musk, which we're going to talk about, we're going to sort of close off um, sort of talking about that story in a bit. Battery prices are so insane. He might get into mining himself jokingly. And and, and I just think like that is a, a huge threat uh, for the Tesla's and Rivian and, you know, these different even Ford and these companies and pretty much every car company that's going to get into this. People are saying, oh, everything's going to be, you know, half of the cars on the road are going to be electric by 2030. I find that hard to believe, given the climate right now, it's going to take us years to kind of get out of this and get on back on that trajectory. And even then, there's going to be a little bit of a lag. I would say 2035, 2040 is is a more realistic thing to get to. Like, think about that. Half of the cars on the road are electric. I have, like, we talked about last week, find that hard to believe. I find that very hard to believe, especially given how backed up things have been for the past few years, how, you know, you just hear story after story about how it's not getting much better uh, on this side. And now this new EV, this new battery issue, like, I wouldn't bet on that at all. And so it's really gonna get tough. This is gonna make prices go up it's going to make it even more of a premium product and i just half of the like come on like i i don't think that's going to happen it is going to eventually happen but like what was that like less than eight years half of the cars on the road are going to be all electric like i'm having a hard time believing that given every single headline every other week about shortages that are going to last you know last years and things like that this chip shortage has been going on for over a year now it's getting kind of better, but not really. And there's a lot of materials that are just not made in the US or in Canada. One of the biggest suppliers in China, the world leader in lithium ion battery manufacturing, which has a history of restricting trade for political reasons. So there's a huge dependence internationally with imports, you know, geopolitical issues and and sort of political and diplomatic and all that kind of jazz. Obviously, very tense, very weird sort of place to be right now there's just so many sort of externalities that are sort of going to affect this right now and, and with electric vehicles so like is now a good time to get an ev like i don't know like it's i don't know like it, it, i think the prices are just going to get worse and should you if, if you can you know financially then you know, maybe it's a good investment uh if, you know i really don't know much about it like maybe i should do a video just on evs and see if it makes financial sense uh, versus gas powered, I think that, I think I'm gonna do that. That'd be a great video, actually. Yeah, I'm gonna gonna do a YouTube video on that. You know, should you get a gas powered or an EV, financially speaking, and kind of just like break it down? That could be a great video. But anyway, total sidetrack. But yeah, President Biden's goal is for half of all new cars sold by 2030 to be electric. Like, that's just, sorry, buddy. That's just, there's just just no problem. And I mean, I think the CEO of Vivian said that 90 to 95% of the supply chain for for electric cars just isn't in in existence right now, apparently, like, (laughs) so, yeah, I don't know, we'll see, we'll see. Next, Tesla Autopilot is a disaster waiting to happen, according to some US regulators. The National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, which has the authority to force recalls, has opened two formal defect investigations that could ultimately lead to Tesla Inc. to have to retrofit cars to restrict use of autopilot in situations it still can't safely handle. A clampdown on autopilot could tarnish Tesla's reputation with consumers, per Bloomberg, and spook investors whose belief in the company of self-driving cars are just, yeah, there's just people that are like, you know, going crazy over it, going crazy over it. there's been several instances of, of, of you know sort of crashes and things and, and and people getting into lawsuits and people suing Tesla because of the autopilot and an over reliance and an over an marketing thing that basically misleading consumers to think that it it is fully hands-off when really it's it's sort of like like a like a blend so to speak, and so it could damage confidence in tech, other uh, you know, manufacturers, auto manufacturers, and, and companies that are spending billions to develop in hope of reversing a troubling trend of US traffic fatalities. Regulators want Tesla to add more safety measures like cameras to make sure drivers are paying attention and restrictions that would only permit autopilot on certain pre-mapped roads. Any recall order that forced Tesla to change the hardware in its cars, like installing new cameras, would be like, you guys, Candy. Like obviously, it'd be insanely expensive. Not to mention the inconvenience for customers to have to get that taken care of. And so Tesla claims that its cars are safer than the average uh, car. So it sort of brings up this philosophical, I guess, debate or like sort of thing where it's like, yes, it's technically safer to use autopilot, and there's going to be less fatalities. And statistically speaking, if you you know, it's going to be safer. Like, can you rely on that can like people put their trust in that because if there is a risk and, it, and it's out of your control it's just you're completely putting your faith in the tech and saying the tech is a better driver than me but like if you get in an accident and something happens to you like you feel like you had some control over that or you could have averted or you could have done something to sort of step in and you feel like you're more in control and some people would rather Make it higher risk because everybody. I think it's like there's like a statistic where people say, you know, I think like 90% of drivers say that they're in the top 50%. And statistically, that makes no sense, right? It, that just can't be. And so everybody thinks they're a half decent driver. Everybody thinks they're better than the than the next guy, right? But would you take your chances with yourself because you you have confidence in yourself and you and you rather you'd rather get in an accident knowing that you could have done something about it as opposed to like trusting. The tech and things like that and i think that's just like i think that's just like a deep problem and, and, and an issue that people are gonna have to face with these sort of self-driving cars and, and this w- sort of wave it's like there are gonna be accidents there are gonna be malfunctions there are gonna be you know issues that happen it's it's not perfect nothing's perfect no tech is ever gonna be completely flawless and there's absolutely there, you know there's gonna be one or two mishaps There are oh like just doesn't matter how far along there's always gonna be a sliver of percentage that things go wrong. Can you trust that? Can you be okay with that? Can you fully ever relax if you know that there is a chance that something out of your control, you know, whatever? And and maybe I, I don't know, Tessas. I don't know if you can just snap back in and and take control instantly. But like I, I would argue that there's are just such a, you know, with accidents and things like that, it's just such a split second thing that like that sort of like hesitation or whatever because you're in autopilot, like it, it's it's almost negligible. Like car accidents happen in like a a blink of an eye in a tenth of a second or you know whatever um and so it's it's interesting to see like will the masses adopt it, and i think i think they will like anything right you know we we fly in planes that are on autopilot i mean planes are actually fairly safe there's not much traffic up there as opposed to driving a car but i don't know it's interesting to think about because for me i think it would just take some time to get used to but i would want i just feel like i would be like i i I don't know i i I really don't know it would have to be like a wide open road and i'd have to be like very close you know regarding i'd still be like watching and things like that but your mind wanders right and if somebody else is driving even if it's a tech you're like you know a robot or whatever it's like i don't know so guys quick elon update you know as we talked about he took a massive position in the company sent the stock flying and basically you know wants to take over the company he ended up doing the hostile takeover thing offered $54.20 a share wants to take the company private values it at 43 billion and it's currently valued at 37 billion so a little bit of a premium compared to what it's trading at now if he were to be serious about the takeover which it's kind of for, up for debate he would have a couple of options for funding he would probably you know get somebody to you know help him with it like morgan stanley or some bank or whatever and you find a way to finance it he could do it take it private whatever the board opted to do some sort of uh I, I believe it's a called a poison pill a tactic where they basically dilute the shit out of the shares and make it very financially unfeasible for somebody to take a massive position, And it would just cost them like a ton of money. This is like the simplest way to put it, and it, yeah, it just prevents things like that from happening. And it's usually used as a defensive measure against hostile takeovers, and so it's sort of interesting. And you know, I was listening to a few people talk about it, and it'll probably just get dragged on and kind of lose its steam and whatever. And you know, I don't, I don't know. Maybe Elon, to keep the story in the news and in, in public manner, he might just like you know, make this a quicker thing. I don't think maybe he won't draw it out. Maybe he'll just be like, get annoyed with it and be like, okay, well, you don't want it and dump his shares. Because he basically has said that like, yeah, if you guys don't do this. Like I'm going to dump my shares and tank your fucking stock, <laughs> classic. So they're in a tough position. And now he's kind of coming after the board saying that, you know, they, they barely own a, a stake in the company. They're making huge decisions on behalf of shareholders. There's a sort of conflict of interest there. I think Jack Dorsey said some stuff today criticizing the board as well. And he's sort of making a public case for like, hey guys, like the board is making these decisions in their own self-interest. They make hundreds of thousands of dollars as as, as sort of like a part-time job, so to speak, to be on this board. They don't have a stake in the company. They don't have a long-term sort of vision for the company. The the stock has been sideways for like a decade. I think it's been trading at like, I I think it's (laughs) the past decade. I will search it up in real time what um the, the the stock price is since 2012 which okay so it hasn't even been public for 10 years but it opened at 41 dollars and was trading around 60 bucks at its peak in 2013 and then dipped a bit but like its average is around between 40 and 60 bucks and it's trading at 47 dollars so like it's it just get completely sideways for for years and it's an abysmal company with an abysmal model of of, of monetizing they haven't figured out shit they have really no, you know, optimal plan to to get it off the ground. And so Elon would transform this company and take it to the next level. And he'd figure out a way. I think, he'd, you know, more so interested in, uh, you know, a, a subscription model with Twitter blue, you know, sort of embolding the, the, the power users of the app and, and things like that. And just charging uh, those people. And it, it could be a good model and it would be fantastic. But, yeah, I think if this if they do sort of like stall, he'll get bored and he'll fuck off. Like, I think that'll happen and probably make a good amount of money. But he's not in this for the money. He's just like, it's hard to get a read on his sort of objectives. He talks about free speech at all a, a lot, and it, it might be about that. And he's sort of virtual signaling about around that. And I, I, I think, like, he does believe in free speech. He, he absolutely does. Um, I think there's multiple motives for him here. It's public. He's bored um, and, you know, free speech. And I mean, he's bored. Like, this guy's just like like it, he's not bored because he has so much to do and he's doing so much at any given time he's talked about how miserable his life is and and it's just kind of like the sad thing but like i think i think in his in his sort of like Downtime, which there isn't much of it, this is what he's chosen to sort of play with. This is his like plaything, and maybe he can fuck around and turn this company around in in the background while he's working on Starlink and or, or um, SpaceX and Tesla and and all the different things that he's doing. I don't even comprehend how human beings can do all of that, and like he's just a different. He's a he's an alien, a literal alien. It remains to be seen how this will shake out. I don't really think anything will happen. I don't think he's going to take Twitter private. I, I I think he's just going to get bored and move on. That's my prediction. We'll see. But yeah, that's pretty much all the stories I have for you guys this week. Really hope you guys liked it, enjoyed it, whatever. Again, please give me feedback. Shoot me some DMs. Let me know if you guys are liking some of the stories. I appreciate y'all, boy. I love y'all. But for now, I'm out this mother. Peace.